Okay, welcome back to the latest United podcast. Joined at the pub this time, in fact, um, by Josh again. Um, super sub. Now we will be reviewing the one 0 win against West Ham, but more importantly, um, we're here having a beer in the city, um, nursing some injuries from our display on Saturday against Sunderland. We ran out two one winners. How are you feeling? I feel still feel really sore. Um, probably, as I said, got more minutes than I hoped for. Probably have more numbers, but yeah, had to put in at least 60, 70 minutes in that game. So yeah, feeling the effects. Well, it was a weird one because we played City a few months ago and all listeners know it was 44 or 45 degrees that day and it was absolute torture playing. And this one was only a touch over 30, but my God, it felt hot. It was a tough game in Sunderland, to be fair to them. Played some pretty good football. Yeah, fantastic performance from them. I think they were very... Um, I think one word to describe is one of them games where you thought you should be winning about 4 or 5 nil, but reflects on it. They were incredibly organised. Had some uh, really good plays, especially at the back. And I'll tell you what, you say it was um, hotter when we played Man City... My boots in the second half were burning. It's about 100 degrees. Yeah, no, the black boots (laughs) on the synthetic pitch, they're always a bit of a challenge. But um, we did run out to one winners, and um, we have almost reached $1,000 for the food bank, so a very good effort to all involved. Now, we are obviously here at Piedmont Bridge Hotel, one of the sponsors for the Man United Supporters Club, the monthly meeting here. So we're just going to do a quick review. It's good to be back at the pub to do so, and... Look, it is one of those ones, a Monday morning kickoff for us here in Sydney. It's a tricky one because we don't usually get it at 6 o'clock on a Monday morning. It's usually it's 3 or 4 in the morning. Yeah. And I was working at 6.30, so I thought, no, nah, I'll stay away from one or two people because I won't be able to watch it at work. And on my break, I'll be able to watch it. So I got home and it stayed clear of the result of everyone. And then I saw, I turned on Optus Sport and wouldn't you have it, it was just before you go to the on-demand section, I was watching the live TV of Optus Sport and I was showing the highlights and I saw Man United had won one nil. So um, I thought, oh, God, I thought, that's disappointing. But then I thought, oh, no, hang on, that's good because United won. So I just watched the mini-match, and um, so I'll have to get your thoughts mainly on the match because you can't tell too much from the highlights. But um, it looked pretty comfortable, I thought. Yeah, it's one of them games where you look at it, you look at the scoreline, you see with 1-1-0, your initial first impression is, oh, we've got away with one here. It's a very close game, very tight game. In retrospect, it's probably worthy of a 2-3-0 performance. I thought at stages of the game they were dominant. I don't think West Ham had a shot on target, really, until maybe at the end. United missed some really big chances. Rashford in the first half, and Fernandes pulled off a save from the keeper, and I will delve into it. And obviously Greenwood hitting the post towards the end. So there were some chances really to extend the lead. It wasn't, a, it wasn't really worthy of a 1-0 performance. I thought it was probably a bit complimentary to West Ham. Well, that's the thing. When I saw the 1-0 scoreline, I said, OK, that's good, we won. I'll just have a look at the, who scored the goal and sort of their little sort of stats, the post-match stats. And I saw it was an own goal and I thought, oh, my God, this is almost going to have a... The reaction online would almost be like a loss. I could just envisage the performance. When I did watch the sort of 25-minute highlight package, as you say, it was created chances after chance. We hit the post one, one to twice, especially that Mason Greenwood chance at the end. You say one or two of those go in, 2-3-0 against the team coming fifth in the league like, forget that it's Man United versus West Ham say that's second place versus fifth which very well on another day could be Tottenham or Chelsea or Arsenal or Liverpool and suddenly a 1-0 win at home against that team is extremely good so we need to treat this West Ham game and result just like that yeah and I think looking to obviously we're not reviewing West Ham I was quite disappointed with how they approached it really well obviously not as a United fan but I, thought, I expected a little bit more from them really United are renowned for not starting games well I think Ian Wright was in the co-commentary 
or the punditry in the studio for Optus Sport and he said you know what it's inevitable United aren't going to start well in this game so why not have a go and they had a go for maybe two minutes it looked like it was going to be an end-to-end match um, and then he just petered out when the United were you know weren't going to concede yeah well, strange well, one what do you think position. of what do you think of and I didn't see too much from the highlights like for me the highlight and we'll get into three two ones in a little bit Mason Greenwood sort of looked at the centre of everything but a name that has been floated about I'm not sure it's just because United were playing them this week but obviously when the transfer window does open one of the names that will be heavily linked with United is Declan Rice now I think everyone is sort of a fan of Declan Rice and would welcome the footballer at Man United however you can't hide away from the fact that he's going to cost a lot of money now I think most of us would have him maybe and it's still a lot, but probably around 50 or 60 million pound. However, if you'd have believe reports and going by for previous transfers, he's probably going to be a 100 million pound player. Yeah. And just your thoughts on his performance today and the De- Declan Rice sort of potential coming to United? In terms of his performance, I've, I feel like he, had, he was probably one of the brighter players for West Ham. Was it a 100 million pound performance? Probably not, no. Um, I don't think West Ham were great today anyway. I think they had chances towards the end of the game when United were protecting a 1-0 lead, but they were half chances. The biggest chance they had was offside. Um, in terms of his performance, it was good, but as I said, West Ham didn't really spark enough quality, especially from from him to really say, you know what, let's go and get him in the summer. Obviously, he's had fantastic games for West Ham throughout the season, and he is someone will buy him. He won't say West Ham for the, for the length of his career, but in terms of this performance, no. Probably not £100 million performance. The only reason I bring Declan Rice into this is because I, I saw the team news before um, the kickoff. I, I saw the team news, then I turned my internet off to stay away from the result. And I just looked at our team, and it didn't give me the Van Halen Mourinho era, that sort of vibe. But I did look at the team, and I thought, oh, it's a little bit uninspiring. I saw, look, and I like Fred, and, I like all our players, but I saw Fred McTominay, Dan James, Rashford, Victor Lindelof, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to throw it back to the days when it was Schneider and Fellaini. Small in Jones, Ashley Young, that that type of era, but it was a little bit uninspiring. I thought, Ugh, I can't, I can't see us going and smashing West Ham today. And not that we had a right to go and smash West Ham, but I just thought it's not a great midfield. I just thought, well, what do you need to help Bruno in there? And Declan Rice is that almost? Look, some people say playing at centre back. I think he's a midfielder, but I don't think he's a great midfielder. So it's a weird one. I just think, do you think there is a huge need for a Declan Rice? I think. You say that and you, you go into the game and you're thinking, oh, this game is really going to highlight the need for someone like that. But at the end of the day, United played well in the game and they, they were creative. They were creative, you know, chances. I think the good thing about the performance today was that despite two or three players having three, four out of ten performances, there were three, four players that were having eight, out of nine, eight or nine out of ten performances. And I think that's what, um, I wouldn't say saved United today, but sort of... Ha- added that creative spark and maybe took away the need for maybe signing Rice in the summer or someone like that. I don't think it highlighted the need to sign a centre midfield. I think it highlighted highlighted the need to maybe sign other positions. Well, we'll Predominantly for me, right back we'll, today. We'll get into 3-2-1s in a little bit and as I said, Josh knows far more about what happened in the game than myself on this or the highlights. But from the highlights, Mason Greenwood looked predominantly that centre forward role and was at the centre of everything. I've seen a lot of the headlines that Harry Maguire had a very good game. Now, 
from the highlights I saw, he wasn't really too much involved because United seemed to be dominating. Yeah. However, just your thoughts on there's no hiding from the fact that United are interested in a striker, especially with the p- potential for Edison Cavani to leave. The Mason Greenwood performance? I thought it was a very, very good performance. He was one of our, um, definitely one of our best players. For me, he's getting into the 3-2-1s. Um, you have to wait to see which one he gets um, when we do decide. But he, yeah, he was probably one of our stronger players today. Yeah, did everything but score. Yeah. Um, that's happening a bit with Greenwood. I think he's actually performing very well this season. However, last year he was just about goals. He was just getting the ball and he was scoring. He was getting the ball and he was scoring. Where this year he had a little bit of a slow start, but now he's got in and he's performing very well. But he's not been rewarded with the goals, which is, look, that's football, but it's just it's just unfair a little bit at the moment. Yeah, and it, I don't whether he's the answer, going to be the answer to someone that's going to get 20, 30 goals in the league a season, I'm not sure. He did he did very well last season. This season, not so much. He's had less game time. Obviously, Solskjaer's had a bit more more depth in the squad with Cavani coming in. Whether Cavani's going to be the answer, who that, that remains to be seen, if he signs another year um, for United. But I think in terms of the priority of the season, what this game's highlighted, personally for me, is the need for an out-and-out goal scorer, and most importantly, a right-back to challenge Wan-Bissaka. Yeah. yeah, well, we did discuss that right-back issue on the last podcast, but we will move quickly on, and um, not quite, unless there was anything more from the game that sprung to mind that you want to bring up. No, there's one thing I saw after the game, and this was a tweet from Goldbridge, and I take everything he says with a pinch of salt. But it got me thinking, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this. He put out a tweet after the game, and he goes... Why have I not thought? Why have I not really given this much attention? But putting Tellez on the left side of midfield. What are your thoughts on that? I think there's once or twice Solskjaer maybe brought him on as a sub, or it's been the optional thing. I've lacked a little bit, and Tellez has been on the bench. And it is a substitution that Solskjaer has used a little bit in terms of subbing the left back. He's, he's brought Tellez on, put Shaw on. Sorry, brought Tellez yeah. off, put Shaw on, etc. And it's one of those ones. I think, yeah. If you're stuck, put Tellers on the left wing, 100%. He'd be uh, adequate. He would perform very well there. However, it's he would do a job. He would fill in there. In terms of looking forward, if you wanted to buy a left winger, you wouldn't buy Alex Tellers. You'd go and buy a, a £100 million player to play on the left wing. That's not Alex Tellers. So, in the situation the team found themselves in, if we were dominating possession and, yeah, we had a Cavani in the box that we needed to get the ball in, yeah, I'd be happy to see Tellers play on the left. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be pinning hopes on saying, OK, we don't need to go buy someone there because um, we've got Alex Tellers. Because you have to put yourself in Tellers' shoes now. He's come to Man United and maybe with the hope of being the first choice left back, that's not the case this season because of Luke Shaw's performance. What's Tellers going to do in the off-season? Is he going to go to Solskjaer and say, look, I like it here, but I'm not quite playing. If an offer comes in, can you look at it? Who knows, but Jim Beglin e- echoed your thoughts on Opsis Sports um, in, the, in the last podcast. He said... Well, arguably, Alex Tellers has been the best signing for United because he's got the best out of um, Luke Shaw. And going putting this onto the other side of um, of defence at right back, there's definitely a need to do that for Wan Bissaka because he was really poor today. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I thought him and Dan James were sloppy. Dan James more so in the final third, is the, in terms of the attacking, really really poor. But going back to Wan Bissaka, there's definitely a need for someone to come in and really challenge him. As I said, I don't know if that's going to be Diogo Dalot. Um, well, it doesn't have to be a big sign because it's like okay, all the attention's got to be on a centre back or a centre forward, which is your hundred million pound player. I just think he's, I think he's just content knowing that yeah, it's been a bad game today, but so what? I'm playing the next game. Yeah, um, I can improve. Whereas with with Shaw, it's been a case of you know what, if you fuck up, excuse my language, um, someone else is coming in, and 
he probably looked at that game at PSG where it was Telles' debut and yeah he was didn't do a, didn't do much in terms of creative but he put in a good 7 8 out of 10 performance in his debut and it's sparked Schiller into light and I think today we'll go into 3 2 ones with Shaw and everyone's saying that Shaw was fantastic and I think it's just the hype with Shaw at the moment he had a very good game but I was having a conversation with my dad I was like you know what he was Gary Neville's man of the match today I don't think he was my man of the match he was yeah. good but he was de- it wasn't a 9 out of 10 performance it was yeah, just this, a solid good performance built on momentum and people looked at two or three good things in the game and you think you know what Luke Shaw is classic and yes he has been class but in t- we'll go into 3 2 ones as I said but I don't think he was the best player on the pitch today no there's definitely that and I've seen even just even from the Man United's PR point of view from their Twitter account their Facebook and Instagram they do push that because at the moment there is and rightly so because performances deserve it but there is a big push behind Luke Shaw now the club has seen that so the club get behind it which intensifies it yeah. and as you say Luke Shaw puts one cr- oh, I haven't seen the game in, so I can't comment too much but let's say for example he puts one cross in he'll get man of the match for that yeah. because they'll, they'll put that on loop on Twitter or Instagram and Luke Shaw my left back and look I love the love for him because it's much better than criticising and abusing him but yeah there is a lot of hype behind him where we just need to calm down and think well this is Luke Shaw let's just enjoy the performances let's hope he continues and develops hopefully yeah Hopefully. But we'll go on to three, two, ones, and as I said, I might just give it all to you because I, I, from what I saw, from what I saw from the, the twenty-five minute highlight package, was Mason Greenwood looked at the heart of everything, um, but ultimately, centre forward, he didn't score a goal. So just your, you, you can pretty much take it away for three, I've two, cha- ones. I've, mine's changed because I watched the I watched match of the day on my lunch break today, and initially I was saying I, I was saying Luke Shaw. I will say Mason Greenwood, but I'm probably going to go for Harry Maguire. Well, I've seen a lot of people say yeah, Harry Maguire. I probably will go for Harry Maguire. I agree with Rob, because I know Rob said the same thing on the, on the Facebook comments. Um, I just thought defensively, Lindelof as well was decent, kept with the aerial threat. I thought they were really commanding. He just seemed to clear everything in the game. And I think the good thing is he had a fantastic performance against City, and he's, he's just built on that in his next game. He's putting another 7 8 out of 10 performance um, at the back. And as I said, we didn't concede, defended well limited their chances I don't think they had a shot on target all round really good defensive appointment you could probably give it to Lindelof as well but in terms of having Maguire he was very commanding and I thought it was a little bit better than Lindelof today yeah. Have you seen those videos and I don't I don't want to work these videos up too much because they're normal they happen every single game it's not something you should get excited about but it is new because while it's, well, this has been going on for a year playing behind closed doors it's still a novelty and those videos United put out to sort of a, like a amateur camera behind the goal sort yeah. of thing where it picks up all the audio yeah and look this happens in every it happens in our game Sunderland people talking like it's, that's football like it's nothing to get worked up over but because it is a novelty you can't it's natural too and Harry yeah, Maguire exactly. yeah he, he gets so much criticism for not being a leader and look every player talks so every player technically shows leadership by talking but um, have you seen those videos that get posted on YouTube yeah and- 100% and you've got to remember two things we're playing football without fans so with fans of the stadium you don't hear that and he's probably still saying that as well you just don't pick up on it oh definitely um, and yeah he's I think he is he's a, he's a very vocal person I think people jump on the bandwagon because Bruno's got that passion and he's got that flair and sometimes it can be a negative you think oh, why is not that why isn't why is Bruno not my captain but Maguire's showing really good signs he's coat with a lot of stick off the pitch um, which mentally I'm not sure I'd be able to personally do I don't think a lot of people would be able to do um, you look at the way he speaks sometimes to the press and you think oh he's, he doesn't have that confidence but on the pitch on the pitch today and on the pitch recently he's, he's shown that and I thought it's well worth hitting three points today mm. well, I said I've changed my mind two or three times but that's my final well we'll stick with Maguire while, he's ha- while he does have the three points um, two points two points um, 
I probably will give it to probably will give it to Luke Shaw um, just in terms of everything all, all the attack did come down the left hand side again he was confident on the ball another 7 out of 10 performance good defensively as well um, caused him a lot of problems really for a team that really shut shop well two points for Luke Shaw and yeah. I'll fin- finish it off with one point yeah I just don't think I could have justified giving Mason two points um, I know he did a lot of things but score but at the end of the day yeah, he didn't score but he was probably our best attacking player in well, terms of creating chances well we'll get into the AC Milan preview Confidence. we'll get into the Milan preview in a few minutes but um, did he do enough well, again probably not enough because he hadn't scored the goal but did he do enough pending injuries to almost lead the line against Milan yeah because I think he does need the run of, run of games um, I was listening to a podcast after on, on the way here today and the, Gary Neville was saying the win's really important but they sort of do need to win a trophy whether that's going to be Europa League I don't know but I think he needs that run of games and I'd have confidence in him that probably more so than Martial that he'd be the person to score in a game against AC Milan leading the line yeah. well it will be interesting but we'll go those three points so Maguire, Shaw and Greenwood now we'll just check the Facebook comments as you say Rob who has been very critical of Maguire has given three points to Maguire for um, second week in a row, Shaw for two points and Greenwood as well for one point. And George has gone Maguire, Greenwood and Bruno. What do you think of Bruno's performance? I didn't really see him in the highlights. Um, good. Good. Yeah, just good. I don't think he um don't think he did much really to warrant like a three or two or a one, but he was he wasn't you yeah. know, it wasn't a, a piss poor excuse yeah. my language again, Bruno performance. It was just a pretty good Bruno performance. No, good to hear. Well he'll definitely need another he'll definitely need a, not in a critical way but he pick it, he'll need to pick it up against Milan and again that's not a criticism that the ties in Milan's favour well, we need to go there and have a big performance and result and to do that we need Bruno fire on all, all cylinders but George has also gone um, an extra 3-2-1s for the supporters club game oh, yeah. on the weekend because he's obviously our goalkeeper who had a very good game and the only reason I'm reading this out is because he has given myself the three points <laughs> um, he has also given Fergal the uh, match winner Fergal scored a goal in the what would have been 86, 87th minute, 86 minute yeah. it, was a, it was a late winner for us um, it was actually the assist from George the goalkeeper length of the field to the bomb from downtown and um also given Adam, our um, member from the Supporters Club, our left back, um, one point. Yeah, I thought Adam, I, I thought Adam had a very good game. He had a busy game. He was always involved, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought Adam had a very good game. I'd actually throw my hat and give George, you know, at least yeah. a point. I, I thought Adam took one of the... Look, it, it was funny to watch, but it was one of the best touches I've seen in football. It, it was unbelievable because... I think it might have been George actually played in the ball but George played a long ball or it might have been one of the centre-backs and Adam was playing at left-back and it was one of those ones he was going to get on the chest but it was a little bit too high and Adam's jumped up and taken a great touch off the chest but just at our age and sort of not playing for a while it knocked him off balance a little bit Adam's gone on a roll however the touch was that good he's able to get up and still control the ball and I thought it looked so funny but it was actually a very good touch so Adam I know you're listening to this and um great touch and also Adam's daughter yeah, Alyssa, uh, she had a very good game Alyssa came on um, when the scores were locked at 1-1 and um, almost made the difference got on the ball with some fresh legs in midfield I know, she's very well. this is like tiny but she was just yeah. lofty in crosses yeah. like, how's she getting power on that Amazing, yeah, really, no, really good performance. She did do very well. So they're the three, two, ones, and thank you, George, for giving me man of the match in there. Now, United have won big game, probably bigger news. Now, I'm not sure when this news will become official. Um, maybe now because they 
I'm not sure how the news came out that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is reportedly to agree to a new contract. Now, if we've done this dance before, we did this after PSG gave him the contract, then the season fell down. So that is the concern now when this news has come out is, well, it's not official, but if the club do make it official, while the season still sort of hangs in the balance, there is still room for disaster. Is it right for this news to come out? I'm not sure if United have put it out or it's just been leaked. However, is it important that the club sort of put this on the back burner a little bit? Oh, look, I think it's likely to... I think it's likely to happen. I think he's sort of... I think he probably has deserved it, really, in terms of performance. I think... I think he probably should wait. I think they're in a really good position, United, to win two trophies. Look, the Premier League's not going to be one of those two. City are just, you know, a cut above the rest of everyone else in that league. But good chance to win the FA Cup. Good chance to win the Europa League, um, pending a good result at the San Siro. I think they should probably wait till the end of the season. You know what happened last time. I know we're in a better position. I can't, you know, the way Oli was celebrating with um, the assistants today, that's a big, big step in well, getting I've, that second place. I've, I've, seen all the social me- I've seen all the social media posts from the players and every single player was almost, it's almost been a script. Now I know they have PR teams and social media people working for them, but usually they all have their own twist on what they say. But pretty much every single player has gone big win or important win. And that, that is the feeling, not just us beating West Ham. Now, obviously, West Ham are kind of a rival at the moment in terms of the top four. But Chelsea dropped points. Tottenham dropped points. Um, I'm sure there's someone else in there. I mean, Liverpool are playing Wolves tonight. They could, they, they they could potentially drop points as yeah. well. So, And obviously, as I just said, West Ham dropped points and we took all three. So, yeah, a home win to West Ham in March. Then, OK, move on. But no, I think this and the players, judging by their reaction, yeah, was 100% a massive result. Yeah, exactly. And we've only got... You know, in terms of the big, big games, we've got a massive game against Leicester, but that may prove not to be as important. It could be the game against Liverpool to deny them a chance at top four. Who knows? Well, that's the thing. City now, I think they said they're 14 points away from the title. So regardless of what we do, OK, let's face it, well done, City. They've won the title. And the only... Well, we could make up 14 points, but we could make that up over a season, not in... What are the, there's less than 10 games to go. Yeah. But that is what I think works in our favour in regards to what's behind us. The gap we are starting to create, especially over West Ham, who are the team in fifth, who's the team we have to watch out for, there's only 10 games left. So the, the gap we are creating now is so important and so good because they are run out of games. Before yeah. we know it, in two, three weeks, we're going to be in that final five-game five stretch. Exactly. So, um, just your thoughts. I don't, again, we're going to touch wood and not sort of go off too early, but it's top four, not secure, but is it? it'll be a disaster now not to make, I think. I don't think, I don't think it's not secure. I don't think it's secure. I think, you know, you need to still carry on the momentum and not be complacent. I think they can do that with two ways. Again, not being premature, especially in the announcement of Solskjaer news, because, again, that proved to be complacent two years ago. Um, I think, again, they just need to approach every game as it comes. They've got... I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but they've got a little bit of a break now from the Premier League. They've got Europa League. A bad result, a bad result. Ferrari there. It's, uh, it looks like Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Did you yeah. say he was late for the Arsenal match? Yeah. He was late, so yeah, no, I know he's in Sydney, um, if not him. Going back to that, yeah, just, we've got you know a game in the Europa League. If we lose that, it could spiral, you know, a run of bad games, but who knows um, if it's going to be a good or bad thing. I think, again, we can't be complacent. Again, take every game as it comes. Hopefully, we win against AC Milan. We win in the FA Cup and carry on, carry on that. It's Spurs away next game, isn't it? So they, they must be coming up soon. So yeah, I'm I think, not, I'm not I think sure, Spurs away is our next away game. I don't know if we've got another home game, which in between. Um, 
Stassen are going to Well, you, you just alluded to that there at the start of your point that Solskjaer probably does deserve the new contract, and I definitely agree. However, it is obviously up for debate. It's going to sound Well, 100% it will. But I just look at it, and I, I think back to the start of the season, and I say, and look, this we might be having a very different discussion in a few weeks' time, but I said at the start of the season, in terms of what's your goal for the season. Now, yes, we can all sit here and say trophies, and I understand that is such an important part. However, you could get to four cup finals and lose four cup finals on penalties. That, that could happen. Or you get to the last hour of the Premier League and lose it like we did against Aguero. And you could be in the chance to win four trophies, and you could lose four. And you would go away with zero trophies, and suddenly that's an unsuccessful season. So, uh, yes, trophies are important, but I, I do look at the league form. And I just look at the progression in terms of points. And yes, I do know teams have sort of declined, but we're not playing teams from last year. We're playing the teams from this year. And I just look at it and look, it will divide opinion, Solskjaer's contract, but I think he is fully deserving of it. And yeah. being fully deserving of it means only one thing for me. That means, okay, given the contract, he'll get paid. He, I'm sure he's paid well anyway. He needs back in the transfer market. Yeah, and look, I'm not that was going to be here next season because I think his contract runs beyond this season. But... I think it's really important for him to to win a trophy. Um, comparing it to like Mourinho's first season, it, when he won the Europa League and he won the League Cup, it kept it kept the players motivated for the the following season. Yeah, we we didn't win anything, but you know we were City's closest challengers. Probably a lot of seasons that would have been worth the points we got would have been worthy enough to win the league. We were unlucky in the FA Cup final, losing to a penalty. Um, but it, mo- it motivates the players to go forward and I think it's going to be important to keep the players motivated next season to try and get something this year um, obviously Bruno's hungry and he's he's not going to be an active player forever if we don't win anything yeah. and that's just down to desire I mean I've been reading um, I don't know if you read Arsene Wenger's autobiography but he said like Thierry Henry was 31 when he left Arsenal and he looked at like Arsenal's new transfer policy and they were only you know their policy was to literally promote the youth team because they couldn't afford to spend big in the transfer market because the Emirates Stadium and he said because of that motivation but they're not going to win trophies anymore he needs to go elsewhere and I don't want United to get to that stage where we're literally not winning anything we need to be getting that mentality where every trophy is important. I, th- I think that point you make regarding Bruno, which, which is one I have thought about, but sort of it does fade away, so to bring it back to my mind is important, because I think the, all the discussion around Bruno Fernandes at the moment is how good he's been, and it's fantastic, and how many penalties he scores, how, how much he annoys opposition fans, and that's all great, but as you do say, he's a footballer who wants to win things, and he might love it, at, I'm sure he does love it at United, he gets paid well, and he's performing well, scoring goals, but there will come a time, not now, but in a year, in two years, in three years' time, where he's entering his prime, he's still a young footballer. Yeah. When he enters that prime of his career, where he think, well, I could go to not Manchester City, but he could go to Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich and win the best trophies. That's not the discussion being having now. All the discussion around Bruno is, oh, it's great. Let's have him. This is fun. It's a shiny new toy. That shiny new toy might be going somewhere else in a few years. If, as you say, we don't yeah. start winning things. And, I, and we're in a completely different position to last year. Last year we were challenging for a few trophies, but we're in, you know not the best position in the league and we were sort of chasing that fourth position so when we approached the semi, the FA Cup semi-final at the end of the day yeah we lost the semi-final but look it was important to get fourth because we again we didn't win a new Europa League in the end so we didn't get that wasn't the avenue to score a Champions League or get a trophy we had to sort of fight for it in the Premier League um, but this year we're in a really good position in the league in terms of consolidating Champions League, we need to sort of fight and try and get into that mentality and get into the heads of the players. But well, winning trophies is important. I think they're in a good position in the league to do that. 
Well, in regards to the league and how this point sort of started was when I went back to the start of the season, what my goal for the team was. And everyone had different goals and a lot of people are, is trophies. But for me, it was about top four, but not just top four. It was about comfortably making top four. I didn't want to go into, remember last season, the last day needing a result or needing a result to go in your favour to make top four. I wanted this season to go into the last three, four, five games of the season going, oh, uh, yeah, we're in the Champions League next season. I forgot about that. I wasn't even thinking about that. Where we were on track to do that. Now, look, disaster, good strike, who knows? But at the moment, we're on track for in the last five games of the season. We should probably be a result away from qualifying for the top four. And if I go back to when at the start of the season, I said that would be a successful season. So the ultimate point going back to Solskjaer's new contract... Yes, trophies are the sort of be all and end all, but Solskjaer has succeeded for me this season. Yeah, and no, I, I, I think I probably agree with you. Um, you look at United's record. Yeah, we've, you know, we've, we've dropped some silly points um, since going top of the league. But look at the record. We've barely really lost a game since the opening couple of games of the season. Yeah. Touch wood, may that continue. Yeah. But um, they, they've learned from sort of the the, the past mistakes. You know, defensively. He's trying to sort it out whilst creating a balance going forward. I think there's definitely been progress. And I was reflecting on that the other day when someone said, has United made progress? And I think one of the pundits was saying, well, you know, I don't think they have because, yeah, they're second, but, you know, City would have, it, it, all ifs and buts, if City would have, you know, performed at the early stage of the season, they'd be miles ahead. And yeah, they probably would be. But, you know, you've got to compete with what you're competing with. And United have been very competitive, maybe up until recently where City have created that gap but anything can happen you, you look at that if City had won all those games that they dropped points well those teams that dropped, they won, uh, lost against wouldn't have got those points so well, Leicester beat them 5-2 at the Etihad yeah. but Leicester wouldn't have had those three points so it would be six points clear of Leicester exactly and you know United have dropped points at probably a really not, not the worst time of the season but like a decent yeah. time of the season a time you can afford yeah. you can fix the problem but it just goes to show that anyone can drop points look at City at the start of the season they couldn't really win a game they were drawing losing um, and now they've built that momentum but I don't I think the league is over but anything can happen well, if, if, look if anyone can throw this away it's City so yeah. we'll, we'll finish on that because I think City look obviously they're not going to but look definitely a documentary would be made if they was that and it wouldn't shock you but, um, well the Sunderland documentary has not been made this year they just won a trophy so, so um, yeah they did speaking of Sunderland at the start of the podcast but we will move on quickly to just wrap up in regards to the AC Milan game which look Europa League yes we know that but this is a must win tie against AC Milan at the San Siro this yeah. is this is what you spot Man United for yes it is the Europa League but it's a huge tie and I think the good thing about United is I don't want to jinx it but the been renowned this season for pulling off some really decent away performances. You look to PSG, um, you look to some of the away performances in the league as well. They've been really good. So hopefully, let, long may that continue. Now we look at it and look, we second guess Solskjaer's team selections every single week. And I don't look, it'd be very rarely you get, there's always one, oh geez, I didn't expect that one. But everyone else almost picks itself. However, there are a lot of players that are on the verge of returning from injury now. That's the thing, okay, they can be fit and they can travel. However, you throw them into a must win game if they haven't played for a month etc so he will have a little bit of headache there but what I'll pick your brain over more so is what game is more important for Solskjaer now is it the Europa League match against Milan or FA Cup against Leicester I think I'd say the Europa League um, I know I know you look at the tougher game and Leicester are flying high in the league they've got a lot but they've got a lot of injuries still I know obviously Vardy's just come back but I think Barnes is still injured Madison's injured Um, I just think that the 
you know, imagine beating probably the best team in left in Europa League besides some of the English teams. There's, some, there's some good teams in the yeah, Europa League. AC Milan is it's a cha- as I said like in the last podcast, yeah. it's like a Champions League tie, isn't it? Really. Um, so I think there'd be you know to have to have the status of beating AC Milan. I think it would instill a lot of confidence to play, and I think if you beat AC Milan. I'd be very surprised if you put in a poor performance against Leicester. I think they'd carry that confidence on to the next game. Obviously, obviously, it's easy to get complacent and you win a game, you, you know, you might lose your next one because you, you're high on that confidence and teams can punish you. But I think it's different with Basin and It's got that sort of Champions League feel. I didn't live up to expectations in the last game. It was a sort of a dour game really yeah um, I, I think this one with Milan is just yeah, you, you can look ahead you, you can rest one or two but I just think that there's something about it and there's something about the status in terms of Solskjaer might not even want to do it just subconsciously think AC Milan away sense here a European competition yeah. and might just naturally just go a bit stronger than even if he had planned to rest one or two with Leicester in mind just subconsciously I think might go full strength now in saying that I don't know what full strength looks like because if Paul Pogba's back do you throw Paul Pogba in of course you do however do you throw a poor popper in who's not match fit. I don't think. I don't I, think you're starting. I think you're, you're probably putting him on the bench. I don't think the Haya starts as yeah. well. I think Henderson's probably going to start the game against Milan. Well, another clean sheet for him. I, I don't. Think he hasn't deserved to be dropped. So. No, he had one dodgy moment early on in the game, Henderson, but he was pretty. Yeah, he was pretty confident in the game. Well, we will be back. That is a Friday morning kickoff. The Europa League times for us here in Sydney, so we'll be back on Friday night um, reviewing that podcast, but. It'd be good if we could do a podcast or a pubcast here every week. Nice view of the Great, Darling Harbour. Yeah, you can see uh, the new casino. One of our uh, members, actually, Yogi, saw uh, Nick Kyrgios in the uh, yeah. the new casino. Well, there you go. There's a new casino open. I don't know. Are they un- un- yeah. under investigation or something? For I don't know. If, can you do anything in that casino yet? I'm not sure, but... <laughs> I'm not sure. you got a very uh, unhappy picture of Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well done, Yogi. But um, on that note, we'll leave it there. Um, hopefully everyone enjoyed this podcast back at the traditional pub so um, hopefully everyone enjoyed it and make sure you subscribe on all your podcast apps and leave us a review if you feel so inclined and follow us on all the social medias um, that would be very good Josh and I are going back inside to um, have another beer to nurse some of these injuries we're talking about as well. yeah some dinner with the Man United meeting and um, until then we will chat to you on Friday after the I'm calling it a Champions League tie after the Champions League tie against AC Milan so enjoy your week and see you then